welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom. Well, this is exciting, a brand new podcast dedicated to Southampton FC in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. We also have to thank the Saints Brass for our intro music. They're the, are they the official or unofficial band of Southampton, Tom? I would say the Saints Brass, unless you hear the Saints Brass, is it really a Southampton match day? Do you see what I mean? Well, I, they, do I, the that... int- they do the walk along, don't they, along the pitch side. So let's say the official. They're the official band of Southampton FC. So we have to thank them for our intro music. You can follow them at Saints Brass across all the socials. But you've never heard us before, have you? Unless you have been to a game at St Mary's, then you would have seen us and heard us. And if you followed our highly acclaimed Instagram series, Cook Along with Stephen Tom during the pandemic. <laughs> highly uh, acclaimed. I, l- I love the fact that people listening will believe for a second it was highly acclaimed. Yeah. But Steve, uh, you're spot on. Yes, we used to uh, host match days. But, but Steve... Go on, tell them who you are. Go mm-hmm. on, really just open up. Don't hold well, We're brand new, so we have to introduce ourselves, don't we, Tom? So um, my name is Steve Forbes. Uh, I am the Southampton Club presenter and uh, average broadcaster for some stations around the UK. I second that, but I also am uh, gearing up for what I've written down to explain myself. Uh, lifelong Southampton FC fan. Uh, oh, there was a period, though, uh, tell a lie, uh, where I was an Ipswich fan for a little while. So uh, any of my mates listening will know for a fact I had to mention that. But uh, uh, born and bred in Southampton, massive fan, uh, occasionally do stand-up gigs up and down the country, normally in small pub rooms where people after the gig ask me, why don't you get on the telly? And I politely say, yes, I hadn't thought of that. So anyway, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Uh, (laughs) But it's uh, it is great when Steve and I decided we should do a podcast. Uh, there are some brilliant Southampton podcasts out there and we thought let's add to the mix. But we, we, we're offering something different, aren't we, Steve? Yeah, it's not a big city, so it's not really a saturated market with Southampton FC podcasts, is it? I think we'll be all right in the end. As long as we you know, pay for some Google marketing and, and get to the top of yeah. SEOs, we'll be fine. Yeah, and keep pushing. And also, what uh, we don't realise, I think everybody who listens to a podcast realises, it's just about not giving up and being stubborn and not stopping. Persistence uh, There's no idea. Yeah, like Ralph. 100%. It, thank you. Finally, someone who's put, you know, saying how it is. Uh, we would love to have merch. Who wouldn't? Who starts a podcast in the first ever episode? I want our mugs on a mug. <laughs> what a beautiful idea. Uh, but no, what we do hope to bring with Steve's intel from inside the club uh, and my uh, opinions as a fan and bringing together lots of other fans from uh, Southampton and, and further afield who support the Saints uh, hopefully will be the, the podcast that can bring you all of the latest ideas and, and feelings about the club. Indeed. And we're we're offering a lot, but promising very little, aren't we, Tom? So we're going to yeah. try and do our best. We're going to hopefully get some guests on in the future. Um, we want you to get in touch. So we do have our social media portfolios, as it were. Um, is that the right wow. terminology, Tom? I, f- I feel like you've uh, you've you've aimed big there. It feels right, like okay. Wall of Wall Street. We've, there. Got, we've, we've, got, got, we've got a Twitter. We've got a Twitter. Uh, it's at We March On Pod. We're going to try and get an Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as well. I'll set that up at some point. Um, and you can email us if you want any questions answered on the pod. You can get to us um, on We March On Pod at gmail.com as well. Well, I think that's about enough for intros. Um, so, should we get on with the actual content? Yeah, I'm going to give us a rating of six out of 10 for that intro. I feel like well, there's, there's room for improvement. 
it only took seven attempts at getting it right as well, but we might release that that audio at a later date. <laughs> Like any good podcast, let's get to the meat uh, of our podcast, and that is looking ahead to the brand new season. I believe that your job starts uh, in the preseason friendly, last one uh, before Ralph uh, and their boys take on Tottenham is against Villarreal. Am I correct there, Steve? You are indeed correct, yes. Yeah. So anyone coming down to St Mary's can see me do some pitch side presenting in my kind of warm-up pre-season fixture, which is Villarreal on the 30th of July. Um, and as you say, it then kicks off against Spurs the following Saturday on the 6th. But before we delve into a look ahead at the season, I want us to think about last season, all right? Mm. What we liked, what we didn't like, Let's just let's just kind of refresh our memories. So the 2021-22 season, we were 15th, at the end of the campaign on 40 points, which normally signifies safety, nine wins, 13 draws and 16 losses. So not all doom and gloom. There was there was purple patches through the season, but it didn't quite finish where we expected, I would say. No, it was it was very much uh, two seasons within one uh, first half of the season. Pretty good. Looking very good. Hey, safety is definitely going to happen and maybe even pushing on until Europe. And then towards the last 12 fixtures, I think we had one win uh, mm. in those last 12. So a really d- disappointing second half of the season. And I think that's uh, it seems to be the red and white of Southampton, <laughs> the successful part in the red. And then that sort of lackluster white part given up, uh, throwing the white flag seemed to be the second half. And if only we could marry that together uh, ahead of this season it would be it would be much better as a saints fan but uh, and and i'm sure a lot of people agree with uh, me on that but it, it just seemed to just sort of ebb away uh, the second half of the season and, and you never want to see that feel like we've really just struggled mm. for goals though as well like we obviously saw some wonder strikes from james ward prowse but in all competitions yeah. he only got 11 and for a central midfielder that's excellent but to be the club's top goal scorer with 11 across all competitions. Next was Armando Brogia on loan from Chelsea. He had nine in all competitions, just six in the Premier League. So it really seemed like we didn't have a forward line that could contribute consistently um, and relying on wonderful, wonderful set pieces from our captain. Yeah, it, 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 at times, I mean, you were there at St Mary's a lot more than I was, and um, you just didn't know where that goal was going to come from. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've done some research, Steve, and I've looked at the other teams ahead of this season. And, and if you don't have that really standout striker that's going to get you the goals, you, you are going to struggle. And a lot of people would say, well, that's good, isn't it, for Southampton? You never know where the goal is going to come from. That means you can't man mark Danny Ings out of a game like the last prolific striker we had. But at the same time, it also means us as fans literally don't know where the goal is going to come from. And I think in pre-season so far, it has begun to show that. Last year, I think we got away with it. Che Adams, I think eight goals in all. Uh, and Adam Armstrong with two. Uh, Shane Long, I think, got a goal as well. So, so yeah, goals are the big issue. And unfortunately, Amanda Brogia is not going to be coming back. So uh, therefore, where are the goals going to come from for this season? Well, Ralph still wants to make some additions. We have signed some players. We've signed an attacker. We've signed an attacking midfielder. We'll talk about that a little bit later on when we go through 
the signings, but the fixtures have been released for next season. It's going to be jam-packed in August ahead of the World Cup in November. As we just said, starting away at Tottenham on August the 6th. Then we've got Leeds at home, Leicester away, and then Man United at home and Chelsea at home. So it's it's tough, man. It's going to be a real tough run of fixtures and, and cramming so many games into a short period of time. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure people listening now are a part of a WhatsApp group. And my WhatsApp group for Southampton is popping off with um, pessimism over those opening fixtures where we really home in on, I think, and I don't think it's rude to say, Leeds United will probably be one of those teams that are are going to be in the fight for relegation. I mean, they've spent a huge amount of money, uh, 90 million, I think, on, on players uh, to start this season. But, but sold key players, right? Yeah, exactly. Rafina's gone. Um, he Calvin got the most Phillips goals. Has gone. Yeah, and, and so, you know, you've lost a, a, a fantastic midfielder, uh, an England international, and you've lost a brilliant striker to Barcelona. Another podcast should, should be, how have Barcelona got any money uh, and where's it come from? But uh, yes. Yeah, we, refusing got... to pay players and then shelling out <laughs> what, what hundreds of million on five or six signings so far, it, it beggars belief. But if it was to happen in Southampton, we'd be well up for it. If Metro Bank just backed us, uh, it would be a beautiful <laughs> thing. Uh, however, <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. We've got owners that are spending money without having to sell. Uh, but, but as you say, Leeds United is our second fixture. If we don't get a result against what I would predict to be a team that are going to be fighting for relegation, uh, we are going to have a, a shocking a shocking start to the season because Leicester away, Man United, Chelsea, Tottenham, those are all teams that have got aspirations for Europe. So could it, I um could I be yeah. so bold as to to say what would your points tally be after those first five fixtures of the season? I Six fixtures a, of the season, I think. No, I five. feel I feel like, uh, <laughs> and I'm only going to say this because because it's you. I feel like we can grab a draw against Man United. Uh, so therefore, I reckon four points is what I would h- hope for. Worst case scenario, but mm. to pick up any more than that, I think is unrealistic we possibly uh, 15 can 15 points just the four um uh, yeah but you see you've got to understand you look at that on paper and we do not know even with all the signings that Southampton have had so far we do not know how good of a squad that is at the moment uh, compared mm. to the rest of the, you know those teams Chelsea have improved Man United have, have bought players have got Ericsson, we know how good he is. Uh, you've also got Leicester as well, who I think had a bit of a, a, a damp squib of a season last year. And Tottenham have, have added uh, firepower to their team. So really, you're going up against some big hitters. If you can get four points, I don't think yeah. that would be the worst case scenario. No points after all of those fixtures. Yeah, that's going to be a real issue. It's a very good point because essentially three of those teams are... Champions League contending teams mm. in terms of getting into that top four. They're top six teams. You've got United, I think, finished sixth. Um, and then obviously you've got Spurs and Chelsea in in the other Champions League places as well. So they are really tough, tough opponents. All have strengthened as well. So yeah, yeah, it is it is gonna be tough. Um we will have those last two preseason games to dwell on next week as well. So we'll be able to see how um, some of the new signings have integrated on home soil rather than watching it on YouTube from from the tour. Um, no goals in the last two, though, uh, is a bit concerning. Yeah, I, I feel like you can spend too much time looking at preseason. The first and foremost um, aspect of that is is to get players up to to match speed and to get uh, minutes 
uh, under their belt so that they're ready for the fitness and the requirement that Ralph has of the team. Also, another way of looking at it is, yes, you're perfectly right, Steve. Uh, that is woeful. <laughs> There's not enough goals coming there at all. A missed penalty from Adam Armstrong uh, and also that glancing header he had against RB Leipzig. But yeah, I, I watched the Watford game and it just looked like we were never really in, in a position to get some really clear-cut chances. Uh, although at the same time, uh, the new signings, um, uh, Mr. Harry Bow himself, kids and grown-ups love him so, um, the new signing, I think it looks fantastic. I think chances are going to come. We've got a new sign, uh, signing of a striker from Bordeaux um, and uh, good old Mira. Uh, it, 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 it is promising, but I think you're right. You're mm. spot on. Monaco, Villarreal, on home turf, a, a real test, and hopefully some goals will come in so then all of us pessimistic Southampton fans can just chill out a little bit. Chill the F out, Saints fans. It's when we start seeing tweets with Ralph out after Villarreal on Saturday. <laughs> Villarreal already. That's that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. People need to, to relax a little bit. I will say this, uh, Stephen, as we've talked about uh, Southampton Football Club many a time, but now putting it into an audio file that people can download from wherever they get their podcasts. Uh, in, in essence, Ralph has not had those funds before, not had necessarily the backing that, that he would require as a manager. And now he's got everything, got a whole new staffing, uh, a coaching team come in. It, this is the, the, the final. No excuses. No, exactly. No excuses anymore. Exactly. And do you know what? You have to back a manager. You look at someone uh, from um, from Burnley, you know, the manager from Burnley, who, who, uh, who basically essentially got to a point where you're not going to back him financially. What do you expect of Burnley? You, and now we've backed Ralph and gone, here's some money hopefully we'll see what happens and and maybe Qatar uh, could be that turning point of if we have only got four points still <laughs> come Qatar um, questions will be asked but that's of any business that you would say hey you're not providing results but that's that's my only take on it so far Steve new kits new kits oh. Every season now, long gone are the days when you used to get a kit every two years. Sometimes, was yeah. it three years as well, they used to stick with a home kit. So you didn't have to spend all your cash every year, but now it is a moneymaker. New kit every season. Saints are the same as every other club. Brand new kits this year. This is what we think of them. So, Tom, uh, we, this is a podcast. No one can see the kit. We might have to audio describe what they look like. But the home kit is a little bit different from last year. It's mostly white with a thick red central stripe, bit of black piping around it and on the collar with a central badge, which I'm a massive fan of. Ooh, uh, why is that? Because it's closer to your heart? I don't or... know, I, just, I quite I like a central badge. Okay, and there's nothing, that I, th I, I respect you for sharing that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a beautiful thing. Um, here's the thing, Steve, bold is brave. Um, and that is that was the slogan for this one. Um, if, if you can't imagine the kit from uh, Steve's uh, eloquent description, imagine the Ajax kit. There you go. Uh, that's what it looks yeah, like. Um, it is exactly <laughs> like the Ajax kit. You're right. And do you know what? I like it. I like if it. If you can play uh, like Ajax. That would be beautiful mm. um i don't think that's ralph's way of playing however yeah i do like the kit uh, i'm not such a big fan of the nft idea that's been added in so what's this uh, as 
it's, it's a way of, um, you know, everybody getting on board with the cryptocurrency and everything like that. It's, it's art online that can be sold and made uh, um, a profit from eventually. Stocks and shares of it go, go up and down. Um, and we're adding to that. We're the first club in the Premier League to do so. Uh, but what, what's the NFT fans. part of the kit? I don't get it. Well, I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I haven't. I haven't looked it up. I've just <laughs> looked online, and it's an NFT. And I, I'm so, given out this information, yeah. So, Hampton, the first club NFT kits. How? I don't know. Well, there's a guy I've looked on Twitter. There's a guy called Alex uh, who says, "Don't massively like it, but ultimately don't care. Not happy about NFTs." I agree with Alex. I I, I, I don't understand it until I understand it. Uh, I've got no idea. St- another guy called uh, Stephen said, "NFTs. What does that mean? Non fungible token." I have no idea. That is either, correct. Non fungible token. Do you own an NFT, Tom? I do not own no. an NFT, but I will probably own this home kit. Does that count? It, well, if it's an NFT, it might do. I own one NFT, and it felt completely pointless. I I, okay. I I bought it. Don't know what it does. It's just a it's just a thing that is okay. stored on the internet that I paid not a lot of money for. But I thought I'll get on the yeah. hype. I'll get on the NFT hype. I'll, I'll be down with the kids. A man in my early to mid thirties. I'm going to get on this yeah. train. Might be worth something in the future. Probably won't. Um, Anyway, with the train, you can always get off at the next stop. Uh, That is what I I feel like with NFTs. I don't understand. But as a kit, let's keep it simple that I understand. I I like the kit. I like the fact that the the stadiums, uh, arches on the top uh, are are part of the kit. Um, I prefer the wavy, bougie away kit because that will fit nicely uh, with a pair of trainers that I've just bought in the same blue. So for me... That's that's the one I'm leaning towards. This is the one but that's drawing I... the attention, isn't it, Tom? You want to describe the away kit? Imagine you're in the middle of a the sea and a wave crashes over you and you've got that mixture of dark green mixed with the light blue over you and you suddenly realise you're in a rip curl and you can't swim very well because you didn't uh, manage to, to study swimming as, as much as you should have done. Uh, but don't panic, though because it looks fantastic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those kits, you panic a second, you go, I don't think I can handle it. And then out of nowhere, you think, I could definitely wear this as long as other fans are wearing it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't wear it out on your own, would you? I don't think you'd go down the high street when a pair of jeans and some Stan Smiths rocking that top. No, but you know, you know but what? But it's a nice in, top. In a, I do you know I really I do actually really like it and I feel like it's got a kind of manga vibe to it kind of Japanese art style. Yeah, you're right. I think it's I it's, I think it's bougie. However, can I please tell you this Steve, if I was to buy one kit so far for this season and that would be the goalkeeper's kit, the dark orange number that that is that's a word. I would wear I, that down. I the see this goalkeeper top. If you haven't seen it, it's black sleeves with kind of like yellow orangey red dots all over it in like kind of different waves of color. It reminds me if I was going to a night out in flares, <laughs> which I think are now called pop world, but they used to be called flares back in the day. Yeah. And it, it just re- is reminiscent of like the interior decor of, of that kind mm-hmm. of club. Um, I, I do like it. I think it's a fantastic top. Um, the one that gets all the headlines is the away kit. I think you're right. It's it's kind of it wouldn't be out of place in Serie A, would it? No, definitely. Yeah, like a uh, Pescara, some Italian team that they had one with a dolphin on because yeah. a fan, uh, I believe it was Pescara, uh, a, a fan drew a kid drew the picture of the dolphin, and then that was what was put on their kit. Th- this feels like a competition 
winner has made this yes. top. But I, but I, I rate it. But a it's lot. a really good like competition winner, like a good artist, a, a semi-professional yeah. artist has, has drawn this and sent it in. They had proper acrylic paints, and they have yeah. gone to town on yeah. it. And I, I, do you know what? I do like it. Bold is brave. That's what the club's all about now. Uh, I think you have to get behind it. And I don't care what they wear as long as there's three points after the game. If you could I pick one kit, if you, you had yeah. the choice. Out of all of them, they retail for, what is it, £55 in the club shop per kit. And uh, if you could have one, which one would it be? Uh, I'm but Again, it's purely based on my trainers that I've just bought. I would go for the away kit and, like you said, hope that other people are about. I also uh, have noticed one guy called St. Lee um, posted a little message about it. As kits go, I really like it. Not a fan of stripes anyway. I don't think mm. that's probably the most weird comment I've ever heard. Controversial considering the very, club's history of stripes, but yeah, the red and white. Yeah, uh, I, quite, I like the Ajax top, but I have to admit, yeah, if I was going to pick one, because I don't buy kits all that often, so I like it when they're a bit different. So if I was going to pick mm. one, it would be the away kit, and the club might be seeing a return of my salary in the form of fifty-five yeah. pounds for that shirt. Finally, thank you for putting some money back into the club, Steve. Uh, rather than take, 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 who are you? Uh, Mario Lamina, unbelievable. Right, we're going to go on to our Saints trivia question. Now, this would be an interlude for an advert break. But since we're brand new um, and the Believe Podcast Network want to see consistency from us, um, <laughs> we don't have any adverts to play, Tom. What, what I love about that, what they want to see from us is numbers. Uh, they want to see numbers. Consistency. We will keep making these podcasts. I can guarantee you that because I've set out a lot of my calendar uh, for this. Uh, that's how much I believe in this product. Mm. And that's that's that sounds like we want extra things out of it. We don't. We actually want to just get online, chat to each other, talk about the Saints because we both love uh, this club. However, yes, they want to see numbers, Steve. They want to see consistency from us, and then they'll give us some adverts. And you came up with this great so, idea to keep people listening. Yeah, we, that's it. Yeah, so we're going to ask you a trivia question um, related to Southampton. If you know it, before you listen to the next part of the podcast, maybe tweet or send in your answers. It doesn't really matter either way, to be honest with you. We're never going to read them it's out. it's a bit of fun. We're never going to read them out. We'll, ne we'll never read them out. Um, and also, if you're a local business in the Southampton or Hampshire area and do want to sponsor us Preach, or provide Preach. some sort of advertising revenue, uh, let us know because we're just going to ask this and then play 30 seconds of silence where an advert would have been. I think um, I think it's uh, very conscientious of our listeners. We want to give you something to do while we may make enough to make buying this uh, exclusive uh, microphone uh, worthwhile for us. That, that's that's what we're doing by putting yeah, the adverts No in. pressure, no, <laughs> no pressure. Right, let's get on with the trivia question then, Tom. Um, so the question this week is for episode one, as we are an American-backed podcast the believe podcast network um i thought this was quite a fitting question so which former southampton player managed the american team north carolina fc between 2011 and 2018 Right, that's uh, the non-existent advert break over. Um, so the answer 
Tom, shall we reveal the answer to this question, or do you want to have a guess? Uh, I I would have a guess, Steve, but what I want to really show the inner workings of this podcast. We set up a, a Google uh, document, and uh, you scrolled down too far, didn't you? Yeah, and I've and I've already um, looked at it. So um, brilliant, brilliant. Yes, yeah, so, sorry. Hey, hey, hey! Now you put it on there. You should have kept that bit. You should have kept some powder dry. Uh, it was, of course, uh, my fault. Colin Clark, CC. Uh, that's what I I call him. Good old CC. Do you remember Colin Clark? No, I don't remember Colin Clark. No. But no. why? Something drew your eye to this question. What was it, Steve? Well, so uh, Colin Clark um, played for Southampton. I don't remember him either. Before my time, as you'll just find out. Um, played for Southampton between 1986 and 1989. Funnily enough, years of our birth. Oh, beautiful. The way you've just put that. Mr. Tom Deacon, born in 1986. Myself, 1989. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, the six and the nine there of the 80s. Perfect. That is how I would not like to be remembered. So, uh, Steve, that is a fantastic trivia uh, based question. Um, uh, but can I ask you one right now? Uh, who is the most expensive mm. signing of this, the, the of Southampton's purchasing uh, adventure uh, so far this year? Go on. Who is it? Oh, I'm not allowed to look at the document, am I, while I do this? Uh, is it... The £12 million spent on Seiko Mara. Yes, please. He knows his facts. 19-year-old, straight from Bordeaux. People are talking about how saintly Southampton are for the fact that with that purchase, we saved Bordeaux. And uh, as many Saints fans know, uh, we do enjoy a little uh, glass of red uh, around these parts. So there you go. I love it. I love it. I'm partial to a... So a primitivo, actually, Italian. Anyway, we're getting off topic, Tom. Right, so about £50 million spent so far. I think that's right, Tom, with Southampton focusing on uh, young talent with high sell-on value, which that kind of fits the new owners, Sports Republic's philosophy. Um, so the first one through the door, a goalkeeper, 25 years old, Liz Matus or Mateus. I'm not sure how it's pronounced in Polish. I'm sure Jan Bednarek would know. Yeah, he definitely would know as a fellow uh, Polishman. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say he's going to be pushing for that number one spot with him and Alex McCarthy uh, and another goalkeeping signer, we have, which we haven't announced yet. But uh, definitely a, a solid backup. And at 25, uh, is actually one of the oldest signings we've made. So uh, that is the that is the direction Southampton are going in, keeping them young, as Steve said, a sell-on value. Well, I will see your 25 and raise you a year because the next one is 26. Personally, I think this is a, a very astute signing so far in the transfer window and I, I'm really hoping we see some big things from him in a Southampton shirt and that is Joe Aribo signed from Rangers for 7 million scored in the uh, Europa League not I was about to say Europa Conference League it was the Europa League final um, against Eintracht Frankfurt I think this is the kind of player that Southampton have been screaming out for for the last Three or four years, a kind of dynamic midfielder that can play multiple positions. He can play central midfield. He can play a bit further forward in a 10. He can even even play out wide as well. So I think this is a great utility player. And at 26, still hasn't come into his prime yet. And I think it could be a bargain for 7 million. A huge bargain. And more to the point, I don't know how we've got this past Rangers. I don't know how it's happened. We were able to buy him for 7 million. 7 million is absolutely nothing. Peanuts for a player that a lot of Rangers fans... Uh, uh, I think he only had a year left on his contract. Uh, I think that's why. Well, there you go then, because they, they will be furious about uh, him going. Uh, watch the Watford preseason match. He looked... Uh, he just, he's a unit. Like, he can hold himself when he's running with the ball uh, and like you said when he 
cuts inside uh, attacking the goal he is definitely one to watch and I think and I think uh, what a bargain as well it's a London lad originally moving eventually from Charlton out to Rangers so heaps of potential uh, I'm very excited about this signing Yep, next one we've got Armold Bella Kochap, who's a centre back, who's twenty, came from Germany. Uh, is it is it Bochum or Bochum, Tom? I just call him the the sauce uh, because of his Kochap. Uh, he's just very close to catch up. Uh, <laughs> this guy's the sauce, literally the sauce. Thank you, um, Bochum. He signed from Steve. This guy is a unit. You are not getting past him. I would say uh, I loved watching him play. And he doesn't mind running forward with the ball. Uh, we have got some big players joining the club. So we have some little uh, skillful attacking players and then some absolute units. This guy uh, will not be sticking around uh, at Southampton for very long. He's one of those centre-backs that... Really? Are, are just like a Salisu. They're just built that way. I think they're very skillful. But have you seen much of him? Because I haven't. So I don't... Unless it's a YouTube clip, can we really base much? All right. I feel like you're right, Steve. We cannot base anything on, but my opinion counts. I think he is a top draw. Uh, and the fact you've got a Salisu and him uh, in a centre-back pairing, and I think it's going to be Bednarak as well. Uh, that's that's quality. He he looks really good. And I think uh, it's got that that potential to be to be a very, very good signing. Awesome. Next up, we've got Gavin Bazunu, who signed from Man City for 12 million. He's a goalkeeper, 20 years old. We saw him in a Pompey shirt for a yeah. little bit. I don't think that matters. High potential, clearly well rated at City. Um, young keeper, um, could be future yeah. number oh, one. This guy uh, is a sweeper keeper, very confident on the ball. And that allows, uh, no dis disrespect to the goalkeepers we had in the past, Big Phrase, who's now gone to Tottenham, and Alex McCarthy, they do not like to have the ball at their feet <laughs> for very long. I think Pazuna is the, the future number one, uh, if not the starting number one against Tottenham. Uh, he just allows to take that pressure off the defenders when they've got the ball. And he, he doesn't mind using all of the goalkeeping area. He's not just staying on the penalty spot. This guy, proper. Hugo Lloris, picture that in your head quality, real quality goalkeeper, this guy. Now, another one that I haven't really seen in action is a defensive midfielder, Romeo Lavia from Man City. Again, um, an under-23s player cost 11 million, which is quite a lot for an 18-year-old who hasn't really seen a lot of first-team football. But again, another player that is well-regarded as a, as a young talent with a lot yeah, of potential. Yeah, Pep Guardiola uh, spotted uh, this kid uh, and took him through uh, to Man City. So that's high praise indeed. Uh, they've got the buyback clause on him. Uh, Man City know he's a good player. I think he'll take some time uh, because he was the under-23s at Man City. Um, and in terms of Premier League experience, uh, you learn on the job. So for, so for me, a lot of talent there, but I, I do think uh, Oreo Romeo will start ahead of him uh, and, and then it's his place to, to lose to, to Lavia's eventually. And then we mentioned as well the, the most recent signing, the uh, striker Seku Mara from Bordeaux, 12 million, 19 years old. So now we've got to give a special mention to some of the players leaving the club, some of whom have been uh, with the club for a, for a long period of time. We've got Fraser Forster has joined Spurs. That happened earlier in the window. Also Shane Long, great club servant. He's gone to Reading. Um, Harry Lewis, the keepers, joined Bradford. Dan and Lundaloo's gone on loan again to Cheltenham. Will Smallbone has again gone on loan. Uh, he's gone to Stoke. And also, a, a slightly surprising one, but I don't know if it may be as part of a plan to do more business with Chelsea, is 
is uh, Tyler Dibbling, the 16-year-old who, who kind of rose to prominence within the kind of uh, Saints fan community after scoring a hat-trick for the under-18s. He, he's gone yeah, to Chelsea. That, that has really surprised me. Uh, Tino Livramento came the other way. <laughs> so I suppose maybe Chelsea were giving one player back, but it, he seems, if you want goals in a side, he looked like he could, he could bag a few. So I, I think it's a surprising move, but... Hey, all the best to him. He wants to go to Chelsea uh, and sit on the bench. That's in, entirely up to him. Right, well, Ralph says that the business isn't done just yet and he does want more transfers in before the window closes. So, Tom, how would you summarise our business so far? And if you could bring anyone in, realistically, who would you try and get? Uh, Harland. If we could just sign <laughs> Harland, that would be great. Big, big buyout clause, I believe. Yeah, or Ronaldo. Uh, any, any, any other striker? Um, no, I, I feel like in, in all, um, in all honesty, I think this is this is a very exciting time. The last time Southampton spent this much money, uh, you have to go way back before 2019. I don't think it's even happened. So, 39 million around that mark before back in 2019. Uh, but we got some absolute tosh then. So, hopefully. <laughs> This time round, uh, we are in a position where these are these are exciting, unproven in the Premier League. That that's where Southampton are at. We've got some possibly some absolute uh, gems here, um, and that is positive for Southampton. But uh, addressing needs that we needed to do, uh, yes, uh, replaced Fraser Forster, brilliant. I think we've even got a future. The actual number one Bazunu, uh, and we also. Uh, have this new striker but for me I feel like Theo Walcott is not going to get all the goals so therefore maybe uh, another striker and and question marks of some of the players in the squad already uh, whether they're going to be staying around um, you know I'm not even going to start speculating but the, the Nathan Redmond when's he going to be in for pre-season is he leaving are any of the other players actually going out of the door uh, not just on loan so mm. um, well, Ralph has like said he wants more forwards in yeah, and we've got to remember as well. Tino Livramento suffered that horrible injury as well, yeah. so we don't know when he's going to be back to full fitness too. Yeah. Um. So if you if you if you had to get someone in to cover potentially right back and another forward, is there anyone on the market that you think ah oh, that's a Saints player? Because remember as well, you've just highlighted a lot of these are young with not a lot of profile, not a lot of history in the footballing world. Yeah, I. I... It's a tough one, isn't it? That, that who's a proven Premier League goal scorer? Uh, and, and it's difficult. And and look, I, I didn't say it at the beginning of this podcast, but I, I would say I feel like Southampton are one of six teams that are looking uh, at the relegation this year and are going to have to fight their way out of it and make sure they're not one of those three teams. Nottingham Forest, AFC Bournemouth, Brentford, Brighton and Leeds. Those are my picks. And when you look at what strikers they have, you 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 do look and think, you know, where are those goals going to come from for Brentford? Uh, I mean, Tony got 12 goals last year. Um, and then with Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest, do they have a Premier League striker that's going to get them the goals? I feel like, Ralph, spot on, we do need a proven goal scorer. And I haven't got a clue where that's going to come from because, as I mentioned earlier, Erling Haaland has already gone to Yeah, I mean, we still have got Shea Adams, Adam Armstrong, um, yeah. we've got this this new guy Mara as well. So, you know, hey, it's not pessimism. It's it, it's not a reason to be pessimistic. It's just <clears throat> Jay Adams got eight goals last year. 
Adam Armstrong got two. That's 10 goals between them. We're looking for someone with 15 plus, aren't we? 15 plus. And, and that is the difficult part. That's the, that's the bit, the, the unknown. But I like the fact that Ralph is saying, look, we want more attacking uh, players because they'll give us the best chance of getting the goals. And we've always got JWP with the set pieces. So, you know, it's not cause to worry. It's hoping that Adam Armstrong kicks on uh, and shows the potential that we believed in that he had. And uh, Amir as well to, uh, to, to come in and, and get some goals. But yes, another striker, please, uh, would be the cherry on top of the cake. Well, this is a fan po podcast, Tom. So we don't have to be over analytical. We don't have to pretend that, you know, we're super well-educated, <laughs> high-profile sports journalists. We can do the FIFA fan thing where we say, who, who would we bring in if we had our choice, right? Um, who would you There's see? a couple of players. That I, I looked at a couple, right? First one that comes to mind, and I was shocked that he's a free agent at the age of just 28, Andrea Bellotti. <sighs> now, if you if you don't know who Andrea Bellotti is, he's left Torino after being there for quite a few years. He scored 100 goals in 232 appearances for the Italian side. He's an Italy international. Um, he... He could have relatively high wages, which may deter some clubs, but it's Torino. It's not Juventus. Um, he could have the Pella effect. He's a big, strong Italian number nine who clearly knows where the back of the net is. <laughs> and he's free. Yeah, I will take... <clears throat> I got emotional there, as you could hear. Uh, I will take a free. Uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, Nottingham Forest, the free effect that is happening. Yes, you don't mind paying those wages because you don't have to pay anything out for him. I, I like that idea, Steve. I like it a lot. I'm worried it would be another Gabbiadini. That's my only concern. Uh, hey, saved us from relegation against Swansea. Yes, he did. And I wish him all the best. Uh, he did. That was an amazing goal. I think Charlie Austin's still annoyed about the fact that he uh, he took the goal off It's him. a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Have you seen it? It's a joke. I, I like that as a suggestion, though. Um, so, someone's been playing their FIFA, and I respect that, Steve. Um, and this is this is a bit far-fetched, this one, but I like this guy. I like this 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 guy, Jonathan David, Canadian striker. He's just 22, so fits in with the profile of getting young players in. Plays for Lille. Now, he, now this is where it maybe gets a bit, you know, tetchy, Tom. Okay. Joined, joined Lille for 30 million euros Ooh, okay. back in 2020. So he's pricey. But Lille, in his first season, finished, I think, second in Ligue 1. They finished 10th last season. No Europe for Lille anymore. So it's whether they still see him valued at that, at that much, what his wages are, but also would he swap a mediocre French team for the Premier League? But well, a player with bags of potential. If you haven't seen him, again, a big, strong number nine that can score goals. Um, if, I, if I was had, had 30 million to spend on a striker, I would, I'd be putting a bid in. He'd be a, he'd be a geezer. Um, OK, well, that's, that, that is good to know. That is good to know. Uh, the new current PSG manager, Christophe uh, Galtier, uh, from, uh, from good old Lille, uh, very successful under them. I, I would take any of his uh, players. They seem to respect him uh, as a manager. So, yeah, I would take him. But I think the sticking point is uh, we really want Delap. Uh, the striker from Liam Delap from Man City. Yeah, yeah, because that's one that we could see over the line in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I take I take Delap over him because of the Rory <laughs> Delap more, father. 
what I want is is I want James Beatty's. Uh, I think he's got a, a son. I want him to play for us up front. Uh, that would be uh, fantastic. But they uh, have to come through the Man City Academy or Chelsea. They're the that, only routes in, isn't it? The, you have to be routes. under twenty-one and from either Man City or Chelsea. Yeah, uh, I like your suggestion, Steve. I, 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 I think that, as you alluded to, the price tag is the reason why uh, we will not uh, be uh, signing him. But that's not to say that it might not potentially happen. Yeah, well, Andrea Bellotti is my shout. I'm going to be having a chat with Ralph when I see him on Saturday uh, okay. at Villarreal. Have you seen that Bellotti? He's free, Ralph. Yeah, get, get a bid in. 100, 100 goals, goals and 232. That's Danny Ings level. Get a bid in. Yeah, I feel like one of the issues that, that, that Southampton have, even if we did get that striker, uh, will he uh, be able to gel with the team in time? So actually, really, what we've got now is more than likely to, to start against Tottenham. Um, therefore, will Mira get, get a, a, a start against Monaco? Mara. Mara. No, I'm, I like Mira. Uh, <laughs> that's Fair enough. No, no. Uh, okay. Mara. Mara. I'm just practicing it now, Steve. Uh, you I, might get to see him in action on, on Wednesday against Monaco. Yes. Uh, and let, also, let us know all about it. I will do. I'll be recording a few uh, sound effects from the ground. Um, also, uh, the return of uh, Minamino uh, is coming back to St. Mary's because he's now yeah. at Monaco. Indeed. If, um, if anyone hasn't really guessed, we are stretching this bit out massively because our final segment was uh, questions from the fans. But... We, we don't have any yet, so we have no questions. I didn't agree to stretching this podcast out. I've got things to do. Everyone's I meant, got things I just to meant do, the, I meant I the transfer enjoyed bit, it. not the whole thing in general. I have very much enjoyed it. But if you do want to get any questions in to us, whether that's about uh, Tom's uh, career on stage, um, it, uh, matches he's been to over the years, um, for me, what it's like to, to work at St. Mary's, um, you know, what it's like to yeah. be ignored yeah. by the players. Yeah, uh, yeah. tell us more oh, about that, Steve. Th- that's a story for another pod, but let's just say, um, who's that Dutch centre-back? I can't remember his name now. I, I didn't I didn't fancy him Wesley at all. Wesley Hoyt. Wesley Hoyt. Oh, thank God he's gone. Said hello to him once in the tunnel, blanked me. See you later, pal. Weren't well. good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd also, I didn't want to just say that you get ignored by the players because you don't, Steve. It just, it just seems like they've got a job to do on match day. You've got a job to do. And the two worlds come together. Uh, but when you look some someone point, square in the face stories. and they say hello to you and you just say nothing and look away, that's rude. Even in Amsterdam, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mark Hughes signed in. End of. Um, Enough. Anyway, uh, Steve, yeah, we've got to wrap it up. If you do want to get um, your questions in, email. <coughs> oh, my God, there's a frog in my throat now. Email us um, at pod at gmail.com. I think this hasn't gone as badly as I thought it was. So this is actually fantastic, Steve. I'm I'm really impressed. And also, uh, before uh, the first game of the season against Tottenham on the 6th of August, uh, I'm going to say that we're also going to do a little bit of a deep dive in the uh, Southampton women's uh, season mm. as well coming up because there have been a lot of signings there and they've moved up a division. They are in the championship. It is a very exciting time to be supporting Saints. Yep, all that to come in future episodes. Make sure to can you subscribe to podcast, Tom? Can you is it click a like button? I don't think people will, but uh, I feel like <laughs> uh, you definitely but can. If if you want to, if you want us to appear on your feed, yeah. uh, wherever you get your podcast from, just just like it, click the love heart 
or the follow button or the subscribe, whichever it is. um, And we'll have a new episode every Thursday, probably. It's like when iTunes gave you a free U2 album. Uh, That's kind (laughs) of what it's like. It will just download straight in uh, to your uh, library and uh, and you'll probably forget about it, but that's absolutely fine. I think that helps the numbers, and uh, yeah. we we love that. Anyway, this is going on too long. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I can't wait to do the next podcast with you, Steve. Right next week, Tom, play us out, Saints Brass. Yeah.